Now, where were we? Ah, that's right. After arriving in Eirdenin, Glimki Treefellow quickly discovered that not all was well in the great city. Not only was the Princess Callista Galtries missing, but the streets were perilously narrow, a lesson he learned firsthand. After getting run over, Glimki was introduced to Farnalyn Fadark and Clay Campbell, and although the three of them came from very different backgrounds, it would seem they have a mutual interest in finding the missing princess. The three made a plan to meet in one of the upper districts of the city, the Sapphire District, later that night to share what they knew. Getting there proved difficult, as Clay and Glimki had to convince a guard named Reggie to allow them into the sewers. But eventually, they found Lady Farnalyn's residence, and the three met in a gnomish hedge maze. Clay shared that she had helped move a human-shaped package out of the city on the night the princess disappeared, and her associate stole a ring with the symbol of an owlbear from their employer. These two strangers made a pact that night, sealed with blood to work together and find the missing royal. Their first step was to visit a few of Clay's associates, residents of the Copper District, for more information. They traveled there and found a desolate shack that this group uses as a hideout, and in a sudden puff of shadow, a cloaked figure put a finger. <laughs> a finger? No. Something much sharper, I fear. A dagger to Farnalyn's throat, and demanded they identify themselves. You already said all that. Ah, did I? Apologies. On with the story, then. Round travelers and sit on the stoop. We'll tell you a story about Bard Soup. Three lovable scamps in our traveling troop. We'll tell you a story about Bard Soup. Hello and welcome back to Bard Soup. If you're here for the third episode, that means you're three years old and you're almost ready for pre-K. And we thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming in with some fun educational information. I am your dungeon master, Zach Meikle, and I am joined today by three big old loafs of celery. Uh, prima. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Prima, and I play Clay Campbell, a suspicious tiefling cleric. Amazing. Uh, so you have to keep listening to find out more, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you better. If you're here, you better stay through this intro. Uh, I'm joined by a big old quiche of celery, Jordan. Uh, I'm Jordan, and I play Klimki Treefellow, a traveling tree now finding himself far away from home did you write a poem for this i did just now right <laughs> <laughs> gosh damn and i am joined by that little bit of celery at the end of the piece shannon the I'm leftovers the nub. i'm the <laughs> inedible part of the celery the whole celery is edible <laughs> damn i'm shannon I play Fonalyn Vaydark, and I want to see if I can come up with a poem on the fly. 
she's a spicy elf. Don't leave her on the shelf. Oh, I'm nice. Sorry. No, it's good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> we rejoin our three would-be heroes in this moment. Uh, Fondalin, you have this, this dagger to your throat. There's this cloaked figure uh, in front of you, and a feminine voice speaks out uh, for a second's time and says, Who are you? Um, Clay, is this one of your vagabond friends? Is it? <laughs> Give me a perception roll. Play. And do it quickly, because I'm about to fucking die. <laughs> uh, 19 plus one's perception. Three. So, yeah. A big old juicy 22. Yeah, with a 22, uh, this person is wearing this kind of uh, this dark cloak that kind of wraps around them. You see they've got this hood up, but through the hood, the bits of the face that you can see, you recognize this uh, as... Unaceras Sylphian, also known as Una. Una, Una, stop, it's me. They're with me. The person looks over at you and immediately pulls the uh, the, the dagger back and says, Oh, hey Clay, uh, sorry about that. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's been a weird night. You too? <laughs> you shouldn't come in here uh, unannounced like that. That's mm, could have killed your friend here. Hey, why are you, why are you bringing strangers around? And from uh, kind of off to the side, the the three of you are um, kind of just in the doorway. You've kind of just entered this building when a knife was pulled on you. You glance over, or you hear rather, from kind of off to the side, this voice say, "Yeah, why are you here?" And you recognize the voice is that of Riggs uh, Trimbley. Oh, Riggs, I was looking for you. We need to talk. The two of you, Glimke and uh, Fondalin, you look over and, uh, yeah, like I said, the first person with the dagger kind of pulls their their hood back. You look over to the side, you see a human man in his probably late 30s. He's got a shaved head. One arm is covered in tattoos and uh, the other one is in a sling. And you see that propped up in the sling and kind of supported by this, this, the tattooed arm is a heavy crossbow that he is aiming at you. The other person, Fondalin, you recognize some very elven features on this individual, kind of like the sharp angular uh, features that you are accustomed to seeing. She is a, a woman in her early 30s. She's got this spiky bleach blonde hair, but you notice that the tips of her ears uh, do not have the characteristic point of, of an elf. Uh, and as she's looking at you, you see that her eyes are just black. There's no uh, there's whites, there's like whites to her eyes, but her irises are just pure jet black shadow. Cool. And yeah, the individual, the male individual rakes, he says, <sighs> yeah, might not be a bad idea. And he uh, kind of lowers the crossbow and puts it down, leans it up against this ratty couch full of tears with stuffing poking out. Take a seat. <clears throat> I prefer to stand. <laughs> Yes, I would also prefer to stand, and I, I, you know, I hate to be rude, I, I would question why you wouldn't just lock the door instead of standing beside the door and holding a knife to whoever comes through it, but, um, you know, perhaps that's just my educational background speaking. I went to school, you see, and I'm, I'm assuming no one else here did. The woman, she says, oh, I wasn't standing by the door, and then with, like, this Bam, she just disappears in a, a, a sudden a cloud of shadow, kind of swarms over her, and she reappears behind this bar, and she grabs one of the liquor bottles and pours it into a glass. Uh, 
Yeah, I was actually over here fixing myself a drink when you came in. As you are talking to her, you notice, and this is something, Clay, you know, she has not blinked once since you've started talking oh, to her. Right. Her eyes are just like <laughs> wide open, unblinking the entire time. Hmm. She's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> oh, she's nice. <laughs> okay. We'll see. <laughs> I think she almost let my blood two minutes ago, so I'm not entirely convinced by the she's nice argument, but um, <laughs> I will try to keep an open mind. If you're uh, not going to take a seat, at least close the door, would you? That's fair. <laughs> I close the door and I go sit down. Okay. Yeah, I'll go sit down. I will continue to stand. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So the, yeah, the human man, Riggs, he uh, looks at you, Clay, and says... It's good to see you, but who are your, who are your friends? Why'd you bring them here? Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I mean, I you don't have to introduce us, Clay. I I I'm pleasure to meet you, Riggs. And I put my hand out, uh, expecting a handshake. <laughs> he looks at your hand, makes no move to like cross the distance between you, and uh, kind of just continues to stare at you, deadpan. Okay. Um. Well, uh, um, okay. Uh, I'm Glimkey. Uh, I'm a friend of, of Clay's here. Uh, here, um, Clay has had a, a a pretty big realization. Uh, come to you know have some some heavy. Uh, I, I wouldn't say guilt. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, gay guilt. And uh, I, I I thought we could you know we could help out here. She thinks that you might be able to help us find. Um, a missing someone? Anybody who wants, make a insight check. Twelve. I got ten. Oh, jeez. I got nine. Wow. Yeah, we did really, <laughs> really good. <laughs> Fonalyn and Clay, you see, it's it's barely perceptible, but you see, as you mention a missing person, he stiffens ever so slightly before he relaxes. He says... Yeah, that's, uh, ain't that a bitch, huh? Um, it is, but I think that there's an opportunity here where we could, uh, we could all work together, right? And I look around the room. If, if we, you know, work together to find this person. Yeah, about that. Um, Clay, you told them everything, huh? I did. Did you know it was the princess before we took the job? Did you know? No, I didn't know it was the princess. No. I was hired to mm, get a package out of the city, is how it was put. That's what I thought. You, how did you hear about this job again? Can you can you tell me everything about how how you got wind of this job? He kind of uh, kind of reaches over to his arm that's in the sling and kind of adjusts it slightly, repositions it. <sighs> I think the less said, the better. No, I think you should say more. Well, R Riggs, if you're anything like Clay, and I imagine that you are, um, you're probably feeling a right amount of guilt as well. We can right this wrong. Guilt ain't exactly the word for it. Uh, and from behind the bar, Una speaks up and she says, uh, Yeah, because uh, if we actually did help kidnap the princess, then we're dead. 
Uh, simple as that. We will lose our heads. And I don't think any amount of finding the princess will make the king change his mind uh, about our involvement, uh, should he learn about it. So I think the less said about any of this, the better. And she kind of finishes her drink and walks over to a walks over to this little um like pack that is kind of half full with clothing and various items and she starts throwing some 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 skirts and you know pair of shoes in there and says uh i'm thinking i'm gonna leave uh probably tonight uh just until things calm down a bit well wait well hold on (sighs) you don't seem like the type to have spent much time with nobles he looks over at you fauna and says now tell me honest If you were the king and your only child and heir to the throne went missing and someone dressed like me walks in and says, I think I kidnapped your daughter, but I brought her back. Do you think that would be uh, any offers of a prize or a reward would be honored? Or do you think uh, my head would be on a pike before the sun appeared in the sky? Oh, no, certainly not. I think that, uh, quite frankly, you have the option of um, getting out of Dodge or dying. Now, the question really is, if you're going to be getting out of Dodge, are you going to do it um, unimpeded? Or will you be pursued by the full armor of the King's Guard? Because um, it would be just dreadful if the information about your involvement got out. And I do think you would rather be pursued if it did. And unfortunately, there seem to be rather a handful of people who know for a fact about your involvement, some of whom are, well, quite reputable. (laughs) Hi, Lady Vadok, pleased to meet your acquaintance. Now, let's say you tell us what you know. I think that we could come to an agreement regarding your sort of um, slipping through the city unnoticed. In fact, uh, I'd be happy to speak to the guards. You know, if it came to it, aid in any way that I can with my considerable resources. But let's say you continue to be cagey and not disclose the things that you clearly know. Well, I think we'd be looking at rather a different situation. Do you take my meaning? Give me an intimidation check. Yup. Straight up threats. Can I get advantage because I did it so eloquently? (laughs) No. Damn! Can I get advantage if Glimkey or Clay slightly nod behind me? <laughs> no. Okay, whoa, shit, I have a plus five to intimidation. That's a yeah, 16. That tracks. I'm a scary bitch. <laughs> he uh, tenses once again and kind of glances over at the uh, the crossbow uh, that's propped up against the couch. He says, an interesting proposition. Now, alternatively, me and Una here could kill you and leave the city tonight and... Nobody would be looking for us whatsoever. That's an alternative thought. But don't you want to know who really did it? Can't say that I'm particularly interested. They screwed us over. We have to fix this. We have to do the right thing and find the princess. I mean, the way I see it, they paid us for a job. The job is kind of uh, a problem, admittedly, but they paid us. They upheld their end of the bargain. Um, it just so happens that the bargain may have been more than <laughs> we bargained for. Una kind of walks over and she leans in close and whispers something in his ear. If anyone's trying to eavesdrop, they may make a perception check. Yes. Now, I would, if they're doing that while this is happening, I'd like to just kind of try to move myself between my friends and these people slightly yeah friends <laughs> i mean Aww. these people aren't my friends 
That's for sure. It's relative. <laughs> I got a 21 for eavesdropping. Ooh. Nice. You hear Una say, but what about Patrick? You know, we shouldn't leave until until we're able to find him. Do you uh, say anything, Clay, to indicate that you heard what she said? Yeah. I'm like, Where is Patrick? <laughs> Riggs shoots her a just a piercing look and it's still dark in here, but you can tell she's kind of blushing a little bit. She says, uh, I don't know. We haven't seen him since yesterday. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm worried. I I think someone's been following me. And uh, I don't know. I, I've been keeping to the shadows and, you know, I, I haven't like seen anyone. You know, I've kind of like looked around and I haven't seen anybody, but I kind of feel like, you know, like the eyes on the back of my head sort of thing. And uh I I don't I don't like that and yeah Patrick is is gone and I'm just a little just a little worried uh, about him. Riggs kind of cuts her off and says, "Tell you what, you can keep your posturing to yourself, and you don't need to run to the authorities. You track down Patrick, I'll tell you everything I know about this job. How's that sound? Of course." <laughs> Patrick might know something. Well, how do we know you won't skip town? <laughs> Every thief has a code. And uh promise I won't leave until you come back with Patrick or uh, till Nova. Okay. Why don't you come with us to find Patrick? He gestures to his, his arm that's in the sling and says, I'm not much good in a fight right now, and uh, frankly, I got some packing to do. Can I cast a healing on him to fix his arm? You could. I think you would know that a mere cure wounds would not be sufficient to repair a broken bone. You've talked to him about this uh, this injury, Um, and so you know that his arm is broken, and it would probably take something a little stronger, like a lesser restoration type spell to uh, speed up that natural healing process. Fair enough. Okay, well, I mean, when was the last time you saw him? Who And what does he look like? <laughs> and who's Patrick? Um, his name's Patrick. Uh, we call him Patrick Fasthands. He is, I don't know, he's part of the crew. He plays the mandolin. Well, he he's, he does a good job on this, well, in our line of work, but really he just wants to be a, you know, musician, travel around, play in different cities. But um, yeah, he's, I don't know, about yay high and he's got ginger hair and like the most freckles I've ever seen on anybody. Yeah, he's a real, real sweetie. And the last time you saw him was how long ago? We saw him yesterday uh, morning and... Here? Yeah, Um, she kind of oh. glances at Riggs and then back to the, the three of you and says, after uh, the job... We, the three of us anyway, crashed here for the night. And then the next day he said he was going to, uh, he was going to use his cut from the job to buy a new mandolin. And then I think he was going to try and find a place where he could do a show, a tavern, I think. Did, did he have any place that he performed regularly? Uh, yeah. What was it? I think uh, he was a big fan of the, the flask and he looks at, you glimkey and says uh the tungsten flask it's uh well it's not far from here it's well it's in the silver district 
And I know he also was a fan of uh, uh, the Anchor's Beard Inn. I think those were his two kind of his his haunts, so to speak. And Uno speaks up once more and says, and I think he got his instruments tended to or cared for. I don't, I'm, I don't do instruments. Uh, someplace it was saws or something saw. Hmm. I don't know the exact name, but maybe that would help. I don't know. Uh-uh. Have I ever heard of any of these places? I would say Clay and Fonalyn, you can both make a general intelligence check to... Uh, See if you've heard of any of these. Glimkey, given you just arrived in the city, you wouldn't know. Oh, no. I, I'm just, I write uh, on a notepad and then I rip the pad out and I slap it into Clay's chest and write, all right, <laughs> find these things. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled an eight. I got an eight on my intelligence. So I rolled a five. An eight and a five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a place. Do you guys called... have a washroom? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he gestures towards a door, kind of past the bar. Okay. I walk towards it. (laughs) Perfect. Do you go inside? Yep. Okay. And I feel like I need to ask, what you doing in the bathroom, bud? Describe your business. Okay. (laughs) Little number one, little number two, little something clandestine. What's going on? Hard solid, soft liquids. What's going on? Haven't had much fiber since you got to Air Is there a, (laughs) is there a, uh, is there a mirror in here? Yeah, there's a, a dirty, cracked mirror and a chamber pot on the floor. Okay, perfect. I can imagine that this this man's Patrick is um, a clever one, since he can he plays an instrument and has fast hands, I don't know. I'm going to write a note on my little notepad. Okay. I'd like to like somehow fix it to the back of that the mirror. Sure. In case, I don't know, maybe he, he does mirror uh, performances. And I'm going to write, they're selling you out, call, or come find me, Clay. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Behind the mirror? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you leaving like a little bit of paper sticking out? So. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Tiny, tiny little edge. See, I feel like there's a strategy, but Shannon doesn't know what it is. So it really just seems like Jordan is being messy. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to come back to bud. <laughs> yep. No, no. <laughs> the second no. someone who's not him <laughs> finds it. No. They're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so no one else takes any today <laughs> well i mean it's kind of ambiguous it doesn't say who it's directed to so any of the other people that may be worried <laughs> does all three of them show up <laughs> um so while you're doing that clay and Fonalyn. Fonalyn, you don't recognize any of these names you have been mostly to private engagements you know a lot of meals cooked within uh, the Berthold estate by their personal chef. Uh, you have not gone to either of these pubs and saw or whatever the actual name of this instrument shop. You don't recognize it. Clay, I would say you had what, a nine? I think eight because my intelligence is minus one. <laughs> Excellent. With an eight, and as just like someone who spent many years in Erdenine, you are aware of these two taverns? Um, actually, I would say you can make your roll with advantage just because you are a local. So I get to roll again? Yeah. I rolled worse. <laughs> <laughs> so with an eight, you are aware of these two pubs. You've maybe even been to them after a job or just like, you know, hanging out. And 
in regards to the music shop, you remember Patrick mentioning a place that he goes to and you think it's in the gold district, but the actual name of it, you don't recognize or you can't like infer what the actual name of it or where it is. You just, you think he, he mentioned a place in the gold district at one point when talking about like after the job, what he was going to do with his money. Okay. Is Glimkey back from the toilet yet? Sure. Glimkey, how long do you spend in the bathroom? <laughs> Not that long. Do you flush? I guess there's no flushing. <laughs> I throw the bucket out the window, I guess. <laughs> 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 Perfect. No I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, there's a clang and then a screeching alley cat and then uh, a guy saying, hey, what's the big idea? Uh, and then you walk back out into the, the common area. That was suspiciously fast. Anyway, I'm wondering if we shouldn't split up since there's three locations and we only have till Nova or, or would we rather stick together? I don't know where anything is so I would like to <laughs> maybe if we're going to split up I go with Clay. <laughs> I was going to say I go with Clay but I guess you can go with Clay and I I can go with Una. You guys can both come with me. <laughs> <laughs> well this is what I was thinking. Yeah honestly I might I could take I could take Riggs. <laughs> he can walk can't he? Once again I'll, I'll be staying here. Thanks. Okay. Okay, and spooky one behind the bar. Will you be coming with us? I see no reason why you shouldn't. You seem perfectly able-bodied. Oh, I'm very able-bodied, but I, I am packing because I plan to leave the city at sunup, if you recall, mm. and uh, or, you know, Nova. And I still have to pack quite a few things, and I was going to swing by my old place, maybe, and, well, say goodbye. Uh, well, no, that's none of your business. And, yeah, so I don't think I will be coming. She looks to you, Clay, and says, I think you should stick together, though. I'm, I'm nervous. Are you are you gonna leave without Patrick if we don't find him tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, if if he's gone, then maybe he's just left ahead of us. You know, uh, he might have gone ahead start, and uh, I don't blame him. I mean, uh, things are kind of messed up right now, and I think we're to blame. So, yeah, if he's if you can't find him tonight, I think we're just gonna have to go and wait for this all to to blow over, and hmm. we'll see you when we get back. You can come with us if you want, but uh, I know you kind of just got that thing at the artist guild, and I'm really really proud of you, by the way. That's that's really amazing. But yeah, I just gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, I guess is it all right if we come find you if uh, if you do end up leaving? Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, you, you, if you're back by Nova, then we can say goodbye in person, and I, uh, uh, yeah, well, you can you can definitely come find me anytime. And she kind of bamps in front of you and gives you a big hug. I hug her back, like bear hug. She's trembling a little bit. You can tell she's really freaked out by everything that's gone on in the last couple days. Yeah, so is Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Well, shall we um shall we head out to the three locations? Yes, let's go find Patrick. Excellent. I'm just going to run to the loo. Do you mind if I just meet you both uh, you know, outside by the door? I'll be right out. Yeah, it's uh over by in the bar. <laughs> yeah, it's right by the bar. <laughs> okay, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Do Clay and Glim can you leave at this point? Like just waiting by the door, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I start like going towards the bathroom and I'm like waiting to see if they're gonna like step outside as I suggested. And when they don't, I'm like, 
Okay, okay. I was too subtle. You know, that's on me. I, I was too subtle. And that's something that happens very often with me. Um, Listen, I didn't want to do this in front of Clay. But if you two hooligans leave this city without giving us the information you need, let me just say, you're frankly lucky that we're engaging in this little song and dance running after your little friend. But if you two leave the city without telling us what you know, so help me God, I will use every resource at my advantage to chase you down and drag you to the king. So Clay wants to be nice. I grab her arm and pull her out of the room. <laughs> Let's go find Patrick. Yeah, you are dragged out into the 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 dark of, you know, just after midnight midnight. Yeah, Riggs and Una don't respond to your threat, but uh you're kind of dragged out before you can kind of really see what their reaction is. Do I get to roll intimidation on my way out? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Come on, high roll. Ooh, that's going to be a 15. Okay. You don't have a chance to see what their reaction is, but you feel like you made your point pretty convincingly. Yes, I am famously succinct. So you step out <laughs> into the late night air. Where do you wish to go? Hmm. The... The tungsten, tungsten flask. <laughs> That's the only one I managed to write down. Oh, I got them all. There's They're also good. the anchor's beard in and something saw. <laughs> I don't know. Something saw or saws something. Yeah. Okay. Is there anyone around in the street? Um, it's pretty late. Like it is after midnight. Oh my goodness. We so we don't have that many hours till Nova. No, you got maybe eight hours. Tall. Oh man. Okay. The bird can be a little unpredictable, so. Maybe it'll sleep in. Would he be at any of these places in the middle of the night, though? We should have asked where his house is. Well, hold on. <laughs> I, it's funny that you bring that up because I was going to suggest another course of action. Mm -hmm. So my sister read a book once and told me about it. It was, it was called The Cleric and the Rogue. They were two unlikely friends that, despite their differences, had to work together with different means of approaching a task. And I think we may consider... A roguish approach to this she said that she had to go visit someone before she left why don't we just tell her <laughs> figure out who it is i mean what are the chances like you said that that patrick's even at one of these two places uh, i think the rogue in me is saying that perhaps we can just follow her to some information first of all this book sounds frankly ridiculous i've never heard of a cleric and a rogue being friends it seems impossible oh but that's what i said <laughs> But beyond that, I do think there could be some merit to your approach. We agree that these two are deeply suspicious. Apologies, Clay, but so strange. Yeah, and she did say that she thought that someone was following her, so what if there was? Ooh. What if we find who's following her? Because they might know who, where Patrick went. Yes, and then we interrogate that person, and they, we make them tell us where Patrick is. We use torture if necessary. Uh, Hot damn. <laughs> we're on an adventure, aren't we? <laughs> I think we're on an adventure! I have goosebumps, do you see? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Can I do a perception check or something? See if there's anyone around that's like looking at the hideout location? Sure, give me a perception roll. Mm, 13. Yeah, uh, kind of on the corner you see... Uh, Someone just like sleeping. They're gonna like have a, a ratty blanket pulled over them and they seem to be sleeping. But no one else appears to be 
out and about on this particular street. You would know that the Copper District has a pretty unsavory reputation and those that can avoid navigating it by night prefer to do so. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, we could we could just find a nice hiding spot, get a, some eyes on the door here and, and wait till she leaves. There's no other exit, is there, Clay? Is there another exit? Do I know? There is. You know that there is a hidden trapdoor. Oh, damn it. Is it in the washroom? It is not in the washroom. <laughs> uh, you would know that there's a hidden trapdoor kind of behind the bar that is used in case of emergencies. In case, you know, while it's never happened while you've been there, because why would the guards come knocking upon mm. your friend's, you know, hideout or hangout? You are aware, like, it was pointed out to you after, like, the first couple jobs that uh, should you ever need to make a hasty escape, then you can go out through there okay i, I say you guys watch this exit I i'll go watch the other one and just yeah deal whistle if someone comes out i guess <laughs> where does the other where does the trap door lead out to it leads into the back alley okay i go wait next to that door yeah we need a good signal should we whistle a particular tune or should we just sort of you know just shout rumpus <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's good i like that or we could make sort of a like a like a street noise something you might hear in the street like if someone could make the noise of like a i don't know like a trash can being knocked over well or that would probably alarm the dog person fight or something <laughs> bucket of shit hitting the cobblestones <laughs> well i mean i yeah I, I i could use uh if i see somebody i could use some minor illusion here to to make some sort of clattering sound of some kind Ooh. That's good. I like or that. Or I could make like, or uh, I could, yeah, a drum or maybe a, a certain whistle or something. We can get creative with it. And then Clay, if you see something. I can also, I have thaumaturgy. Hey, mm -hmm. all right. Perfect. A little, a couple magic, magic pals. Yeah. <laughs> yes, magic pals. We're all magic pals. <laughs> I like it better than the rumpus group or whatever <laughs> rump is the packed. rump trio <laughs> the rump trio yes sounds like a bad pokemon <laughs> i'm imagining doug trio but instead of like faces it's, it's little bums rumpus. coming under the ground <laughs> could i get three stealth checks one from yes oh no i'm not good at stealth oh, come on no that was not good <laughs> well i got a 15 nice i got a three excellent I got an eight. An eight? Okay. Yep. Even if I, like, purposefully try to be extra stealthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> what if you just let me be stealthy? <laughs> Come on, Zach. The one thing paladins are bad at. Yeah. <laughs> my apologies. Yeah, I'm just crouching down. My armor plates are scratching together. <laughs> so, Fonalyn and Glimkey, the two of you kind of post up in an alleyway. There's... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a, a pile of a like trash that hasn't been cleared away. It smells awful, but you kind of crouch down next to it. Occasionally, one of you kind of gags a bit, <laughs> undercutting. I guess it would be Glimkey with based off the rolls of fifteen versus a three. Uh, every once in a while, Glimkey, you retch a little bit. Uh, you are not accustomed to such a foul stench. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, Glimkey, get it together! The trash in dwells smells like cinnamon and nutmeg, and this is neither cinnamon nor nutmeg. Even in even in the woods, we bring our compost a fair distance away. 
Wells has a rather advanced garbage collection service that apparently is lacking in this part of Erdenine. Clay, you go to the back alley, and after about 45 minutes, maybe even an hour has passed, you see that there's this stack of crates, and you see the lid on one of the crates opens up, and Una pulls herself out of it, and she kind of gently places the, the lid back down and uh, starts to walk down the alley, and as you do, you're kind of like, oh, that's where that leads, and you kind of mouth it to yourself, and she looks over, and <laughs> she locks eyes on you and says, Clay, what are you doing? Una. Look. Yeah. Hi. Come here. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes, this is a good play. <laughs> and she walks over to you, says, hey, everything going all right? Have you found anything yet? No. You haven't been sitting out here the whole time, have you? <laughs> no, of course not. We can't find Patrick. <laughs> we were just wondering, like, I know my friends come on a little strong, but... You said you were being watched earlier. Yeah, I mean, at least I, th I think so. You know, I didn't see anyone, like I said, but kind of a general feeling of it. Yeah. When did it start? Did it start after the job? Yeah, I'd say it started um, kind of last night. It was the first time I noticed. I went out for a drink, and then as I was coming back to the, the, the hideout, uh, kind of felt like someone was watching me, and I looked around and didn't see anything. And then earlier today, uh, I went out to get groceries, and I was in the market and just had the same feeling. I haven't been able to shake it, really. Do you think Do you think they might have been watching Patrick as well? Yeah, I think it's possible. I, I hope not. It's, uh, it's, it's not good timing, you know? Yeah. Can't help but feel like it's, it's related, you know? I can't, I can't believe it's coincidence. Do you think they could be watching me? It's possible, yeah. I don't know. I mean... You were, if it's if it's related to the job, you were a late addition, right? Like, Welf and Munderic were supposed to be on the job, but, you know, as you know, they, they went off to do that other thing. So, it's possible they don't know about you, just because you weren't part of the original crew, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't count on that, necessarily. I just, I feel like it's not safe for you to go out when you're being watched. Are, are you going out to say goodbye? She, uh, sighs and says... Yeah, I was gonna go see Vanna one more time. Um, I know we broke up, but uh, I just, I, I feel like it'd be weird if I, I left without saying goodbye. You know, I was kind of hoping we could patch things up, and if I leave, then I won't really have the chance to do that for a while. So I, I just wanted to tell her how I felt before before I left, you know? Let, let me escort you, just to keep an eye on your back. Is that okay? She looks at you and says, no offense, but if I'm trying to keep a low profile, I kind of like my odds a little better if it's just me. I, I think if I keep to the shadows, like, no one will be able to follow me too, too well. Um, and as you're kind of talking to her, she's like in this alley with you and she's kind of cast in shadow. And it's like, at times she almost kind of like fades out of existence. Like it's, at times you can only see like her, her the whites of her eyes and like the rest of her kind of almost drifts into shadow and disappears completely. And she is harder to see when she's you know, standing in shadow. Mm, how is someone following her if she's so hard to see? Okay. Uh, by the way, do you know where Patrick would be at this time of night? I don't think he would be at any of the taverns. 
I mean, they'd still be open, you know, late night crowd for a little while longer anyway. I mean, the anchor, you've been there. It's a sailor bar. There's people there, you know, well in, late into the night. Any sailor on shore leave, you know, they'll stay at the bars as late as they can. I think the flask would be open too. It's, I don't know, a little little more reputable maybe, but they, they, they keep pretty late hours. He's been sleeping at the hideout most nights. Uh, I don't know if he's got another place that he, he crashes. We, we never really talked about that. You know him better than I do. Do you know which tavern he might be at tonight? If he was out there? I think the flask was his, like his favorite. I think he was really excited to play a show there. So that's where I would check out. That's probably, you know, your best bet. And I mean, honestly, it, it probably closes earlier. So if you're trying to get to it tonight, then I think you should go there first because it might be closed if you go to the anchor beforehand. Okay, thanks. Can you point me in the direction of the flask? <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, and she kind of uh, re- like crouches down and draws like just a quick little map in the uh, in the the dirt that is the the road here and yeah it's silver district you know maybe 15 minute walk from here not not super far does she also put the other two locations on the map uh, if you ask her to yes <laughs> uh so yeah the tungsten flask is in the silver district mm-hmm. and the the anchor's beard is in the pearl district over uh, that's where the the ships come in that's the harbor area of erdenine mm-hmm. so she kind of is is accurately as one can with a with a dirt map. She draws it out for you and she says, "Yeah, like I said, I don't know where that music shop was. Um, Gold District. I'm not sure entirely where. Sorry." Okay, thanks, Una. Uh, you be safe. Okay. Yeah, you too. I'll uh, see you in a few hours, right? Yeah, I'll meet you back here before Nova. Okay, sounds good. She gives you another quick hug and then kind of disappears into the shadows. I sneak back to the front of the building sure and i whisper shout rumpus so the other two come out <laughs> yeah glimkey the smell of rotting fish kind of wafts up through your nose you're like <clears throat> and then uh you hear from off uh towards the the hideout you hear rumpus <laughs> god glimkey are you all right do you, do you need some water or something i haven't got any but we could find you some I don't know if it's the fumes that are maybe messing with my brain, but I feel like I'm remembering that book a little differently now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess she must have seen something. So. Okay, I suppose we should go investigate the rumpus call. Uh, do you think we should answer it so she knows we've heard? Rumpus! <laughs> I could hear you from... <laughs> so you just hear gagging and then rumpus! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I head towards them. <laughs> Where the uh, the returning shout of Rumpus came from. Amazing. Rumpus! <laughs> Rumpus! So you you all rejoin in front of the hideout, or, you know, maybe like a block up, whatever. Where is she? Should we follow her? Okay, so, yeah, what what happened? I'd, we've been sitting here for like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> I feel like we should check out the pubs and see if we can find Patrick. Wait, so you didn't see anybody? Like, did you see, did you see anyone? Uh, no. I I feel like if we stay too long, the pubs will be closed and we'll miss our chance to like see if anything. I was I really don't want to sit in the trash for any longer. I was really hoping this plan was gonna pan out, but I liked the plan. I suppose maybe we could double back. We could do uh we could do the flask first. Yeah, let's do that. Well, lead the way, Clay. 
Okay, I confidently know where the flask is now. <laughs> God, I don't know what happened to that alley, but Clay is its like a different person now. <laughs> I just, I feel like we'll miss our chance. Agreed, agreed. So the three of you set off. Uh, you walk for about 15 minutes or so. Uh, eventually, the mud and dirt uh, roads of the Copper District lead to more cobblestone streets of the silver district and before long you find yourself standing outside of a fairly nondescript wooden building there's a metal sign hanging in front shaped like a flask Uh, for those of you that are familiar with metal you'll determine it's not actually tungsten it's probably iron but you know hey (laughs) you gotta make do sometime tungsten in this economy exactly you push the door open and Uh, Inside, you find a cozy interior. There is a wooden chandelier hanging from the ceiling. It holds a dozen candles. They each have long trails of wax hanging down off of them. At the center of the room is a stone fire, and kind of surrounding it, there's these four archways. It's kind of a square fire pit with these archways kind of flanking it on every side. At the far end, you see a bar. There's a human woman tending to it. She's kind of just polishing the the countertop. There's a, a, a tabby cat sleeping at the far end of the bar, just kind of curled up on it. And while it's gotten a little late and things aren't fully bustling, there's still, you know, a half dozen patrons there, as well as a bard sitting in the corner playing Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh. Is it Patrick? Uh, you look at him and it is not Patrick. It is a half-elf man who appears to be maybe 90 years old or so. Uh, he's got slightly thinning dark hair and is playing a liar. Hmm. Okay, can I go up to the bard to talk to him? Sure. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. Is this guy Bob Dylan? No. <laughs> It's Bob Dylan. <laughs> you walk up <laughs> in, in the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. And he kind of wraps up the song and there's some polite applause from the from the audience in attendance. And he looks up at you and says, uh, yes, can I help you? Hi, um, I was just looking for my friend. He's also a musician. Do you know, have you been playing here all night? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Wonderful singing, by the way. That was a wonderful performance. Ah, thank you. That's uh, quite the song. I'm quite fond of it, actually. And I noticed that your your uh, instrument's really nice, too. Can I ask where, where you get your instruments tuned? Ah, yes. I am not from Erdenin. I am a, a traveling bard of uh, quite renowned. My name is uh, Ptolemy Henkel. I'm sure you've heard of me. Yes, I am... Not from here, as I've said. I've traveled quite some way. But uh, whenever I am in the fine city of Erdenin, I tend to get my instruments tended to by Sahir Shoms and Musical Mechanisms. That's the name of the shop. Sahir is the owner, Sahir Harun. Uh, he's an excellent musician uh, and craftsman of all manner of fine instruments. Oh. That's fascinating. I've got to check out that store. Ah, I quite recommend it. If you are interested in the arts, as I am, then I would surely recommend it to you. Could you tell me where it is on this map? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Reminding you that the map you were provided by Uno was dirt. Uh, It was sketched into the road. I sketch it onto a piece of paper. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he kind of like hymns and haws for a few seconds and then kind of like 
takes a little bit of candle wax and kind of just smushes it down onto a spot and says, oh, I believe it's uh, about here. Give or take. Should get you close enough. Thanks. Do you know if they're still open? Ah, uh, I would be surprised, but uh, I know the owner, uh, Sahir, he lives above the shop. So if it's a, an urgent battle, I'm sure uh, he'd be on the premises at the very least. Cool, cool. Oh, and about my friend, have you seen uh, a human man? Is, is Patrick human? <laughs> I forgot. I mean, he's ginger, so debatable, but yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Azinga. <laughs> Yeah, redhead about Yehai. Have you seen him? I can't say that I have. You could talk to Lenore. She uh, gestures to the, the bartender. She is the proprietor of this establishment. If there was another musician that is booked here, then I'm sure she would know more than I would. I only care about my craft and don't have time for other concerns such as the competition. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'll leave you to it then. Uh, love your performances. Thank you. And as you walk away, he carries off onto another cover. <laughs> Once upon a time, you're just so fast. My God, is this going to be like a a beetle from Legend of Zelda thing where he's just like at the destination <laughs> that he wants yeah. to be at every time? Oh my gosh. I love yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> at every tavern we go to. <laughs> this guy's freaking fast. <laughs> I go to, who, what did he say? El- Eleanor? Lenore. Lenore. Whoa, Lenore? Yes, Lenore. Am I tripping or did I write that name down? Did you? I'm tripping. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you walk up to the uh, the bar and you see a, a human woman. She looks to be in her mid-40s or so. Uh, she's got blonde hair with a little bit of gray streaked in and kind of held back in two braids. She's wearing a short-sleeved shirt that reveals uh, some pretty buff arms. And she's kind of just polishing the uh, the countertop. And she looks up and says, Hey, what can I get for you? Uh, just some juice, if you have juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do juice. Uh, you want apple or black currant? Oh, yeah, Glimkey hops up on a stool next to Clay. I'll also do a juice if we're having juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Uh, black currant or Ooh, apple? yes, please. Black currant sounds lovely. Yeah, black currant for me too. <laughs> Two black currant juices coming right up. Make that three. I'll, I'll also take a black currant juice. Thank you. Yeah, sure thing. Couple of juicy boys. <laughs> <laughs> she comes back with three glasses and says that'll be uh, three silver. Bruh. I look at Clay. <laughs> <laughs> I hand over three silver. She pockets it. All right. Yeah, kitchen's closed, unfortunately. But uh, if you need anything else, just let me know. While I have your attention, is it okay if I just... Have you seen Patrick? He usually plays here sometime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw him yesterday, actually. Yesterday? Yeah. Around when? I haven't seen him around for a while. Um, He came in midday, you know, just after the lunch rush. He, he had a, a new... Mandolin, I think it was, and was looking for a place to show off, do a show. I would have let him, but uh, she gestures over to Laka Rowland Stone, <laughs> the Ptolemy Henkel in the corner. But uh, I've got him booked for a month, so uh, I told him he could maybe uh, try the Anchor's Beard. I know uh, they were looking for someone to do some shows, so that's where I recommended he check out. Okay. Cool, cool. I'll I'll look for him there then. Uh, did he look all right to you when he stopped by with his mandolin? Yeah, he looked uh, he looked good. He was uh, had a little pep in his step, you know. Bought a bought a bought a beer and uh, 
left a pretty generous tip, but if I do say so, yeah, he seemed he seemed well. I have a question, if you don't mind. Yeah, what's up? In this, sorry, Clay, did you have any more questions about Patrick? No, I'm, I'm good. Um, Lenore, did you say it was? I didn't, but you, that is my name. <laughs> I have a good intuition for these things, you see. Um, now, Lenore, I was wondering, have you seen anyone, you know, come through here? Or perhaps do you have any regulars that sort of look like me, not in the elven sense, but just in the general affluence sense? She kind of... uh brings a hand up to her chin she's got the, you know, these those, like these bulky arms <laughs> there's arms am i right Damn. this juice better be cold because i'm heating up <laughs> i think we're all into buff women <laughs> another thing the three of us have in common <laughs> no we don't get much in the way of to put it Frankly, uh, savory crowds. We kind of we we usually get more of a salty group. And she uh, looks over at Ptolemy Hinkle and she says, "See." And you look over and you see that there's this large half orc, like six feet six inches tall, just massive. And he's standing in front of Ptolemy and saying, "Now I want you to play the ballad of Vok the Snapper." And Ptolemy stops his third Bob Dylan cover of the night and says, <laughs> "Um." I'm afraid that is a bit base and uh, beneath me, uh, <laughs> my good man. The hell did you just say to me? And he grabs him by his lapels and just holds him up <laughs> off the ground. And you see that a fight is clearly about to break out. He's right. That song is based. Now, shall we skedaddle? We're not going to help the, the man. <laughs> oh, do you want to help Glimkey? Well, I, Go ahead. I, I won't stop you. I mean... Uh, and uh, Glimkey downs the rest of his juice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and walks across the bar. <laughs> you, sir, place down the, the musician. <laughs> the half-work looks at you and says, <clears throat> you, You're gonna make me? Uh, you're not gonna wanna see if I do. And I look back over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I I down my juice <laughs> And walk over and stand behind Glimkey, like, menacingly. <laughs> I continue to sip and just, like, watch on. <laughs> like, drinks and a show. <laughs> the half-work turns to Ptolemy once more and says, I'm only going to ask you one more time. I want to hear the battle of Vert the Snapper. My good man, I will not do it. I am sorry to report, <laughs> I simply cannot, or shall I say, will not. You heard the man. Put the gentleman down. <laughs> the half-work says, all right. And then he kind of tosses Ptolemy up in the air, grabs him by the ankles, and attempts to use him like a club to hit you. I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. This feels like such fitting first hey, combat for Mr. this group. Yeah. I got a cool 21. Oh, I thought I was going to have the highest. I got a 19. Oh, I have 13. <laughs> wow. Dang it. Okay, uh, so following, you are first. Uh, <laughs> though you are sitting at the bar, do you make any move to intervene? Okay. I think I see this going down and I go, all right, here we go. And I also down my juice and I <laughs> pull out my umbrella and press the button so that the top of the umbrella part falls to the ground and I'm just holding my sword and I sprint, I slide through Clay's legs and I I pop up in front of the the half orc and I go in with like a flap flap 
across his chest. Amazing. For the record, I'm not trying to kill, to kill him. I just want to like cut up his shirt, like in the movies, where like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Give me an attack roll. Okay, so I and I get an extra one d six this turn. Yes, if if you hit. Okay, that's gonna be a fourteen to hit. Fourteen will hit. He's not wearing uh, very heavy armor. Yes. Okay, that's a that's a eight damage plus a ooh plus a one. That's nine damage. So you slash this guy across the chest, and he looks at you a little surprised, uh, not realizing you were part of this group. And he's still upright, but yeah, seems a little perturbed, shall we say. Glimkey, you are next, sir. You just slashed him across the chest? Damn. Um, Glimkey is going to take his, his shield out here, um, but he's not going to draw his weapon. Instead, he is going to... Yeah, you know what? I'll take my shield up. I'm just going to, with my unarmed strike, I'm just going to punch him. I don't, I'm not going to pull my, my weapon. Okay. Give me a punch attack. Nice. 21. 21 will hit. Nice. So three. Excellent. You punch this guy in the hip for three damage. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, your, your business is with me. <laughs> yeah. So a woman in a poofy dress and a floppy wig uh, just went sliding across the floor and Zoroed this guy's chest <laughs> and then you punched him in the hip. Yep. I'm gonna need a mm, persuasion check. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, 24. He looks down at you and says alright. <laughs> and we go to Clay. The half-orc still holding the bard? He has Ptolemy up over his, like his ankles up over his head, and he is preparing to bring him down uh, and smack Gunki with a bard. <laughs> Can I try to grapple the bard out of his arms? Just like <laughs> take him away? Yeah, we can make a contested athletics check as you try and pull Ptolemy Henkel from his arms. He rolled bad, I will tell you that. I got a 14. Okay, yeah, you uh, step up and you kind of twist his wrists a little bit and he kind of, his hands involuntarily pop open and you catch the bard in your arms and he looks up at you and says, ah, thank you, my lady. Much obliged. He tips a non-existent hat towards you. Ptolemy Henkel also maybe loves muscular women. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he better. <laughs> or he doesn't get to hang. <laughs> it's a requirement. I set the bar down and just like kind of push them, like him and the orc apart from each other and say like, cool it. Give me a persuasion roll. <laughs> Nat 20. And my persuasion <laughs> is plus four. <laughs> Okay, you say cool it, and the half-orc, he kind of massages his wrists a little bit. And his hip, right? And his hip, yeah, his hip, (laughs) and his chest, which has like a a small bead of blood coming uh, through his shirt. And he says, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. Got a little carried away there. I just really like the Ballad of Verth the Snapper. It's always been a favorite of mine. He would snap his enemies in two, find him quite the motivational figure. That It's all right. Just if the bard doesn't know the song, he doesn't know it. Like Oh, I know the song. I just think it's beneath me. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, I'm sorry, my dear man. It's just simply not on the set list tonight. And uh, the half-orc says, all right, well, 
fair enough. And he kind of steps away and mutters a sorry. And you see him sit down at a table with two other half orcs who were kind of halfway towards standing up and coming to their friend's aid, <laughs> but uh, kind of settle down as you have successfully diffused this situation. Man, we should really start looking around rooms when we enter them. Nah, nah. <laughs> Probably be a good habit to get into. We've been fine so far, so why should we start? Yeah. <laughs> I want to uh, dust off the good Ptolemy Henkel a little mm -hmm. and say, <clears throat> now, my good sir, first of all, I quite agree. That song is based. And secondly, um, I do wonder how long you've been in, been in Erdenin. Ah, um, I arrived in the city... Oh, two weeks ago, I'd say. Ah, from where? From from where do you come? Oh, here and there. Um, before this, I was in Sunfall for a very short engagement. I find the city a bit beneath me. I'm going clockwise around Zav at the moment, you see. I might catch a ship, though, while I'm here and perhaps spend some time in Alasha. I find the, the Dragon Lords are quite generous with their tips. Now, I wonder, dear friend, while you were in Sunfall, did you happen upon a a, a Voon family of some nobility? Voon family? Um, I cannot say that I am familiar with one. I have, like I said, I did not spend much time in Sunfall, but as part of my time there, I did make a point of at least approaching each of the great houses of the city in hopes of perhaps booking a lengthy engagement. And he kind of looks around the tungsten flask and says, this was not quite what I had in mind, but it's, uh, well, it's something. It's a gig at the very least, and it's consistent work. But no, a house voon does not strike a familiar chord within my mind, I'm afraid. Interesting. And now, I suppose it's been, if you're working clockwise, I suppose it's been rather a while since you were in Uleth or Thayat. Ah, yes, it has been quite some time indeed. I may travel there. Or I might not. We'll see how the next little bit shakes out for me. Fair enough. Yes, it's not it's not quite what it was, but I suppose it's still something of a nice destination. You know, I might put in a good word for you with my host and hostess. You may have heard of them, the Bertholtz of the Sapphire District. They have, you know, rather a comely house by some people's standards. But that is to say, I'm not sure that they would be keeping a musician residence, but they do keep sort of opulent friends who might desire to have sort of on-site entertainment. Now, I suppose I could mention you tomorrow to my host and hostess, and, you know, just by having your name sort of in circulation, you might have a better chance of securing a wealthy patron in this beautiful city. And if that were to happen, perhaps you and I could be sort of friends, and you could kind of keep me abreast of the, oh, just the fun little chit-chat of the house that you happen to stay in, because I do so love to hear secondhand chit-chat. Give me a... Hmm. You tell me. What are you giving me? Give me whatever... Asking a man to be an informant. Whatever ability you think applies to that. I'm thinking persuasion. I'm thinking persuasion too, but I just feel like it's a good deal for him. I don't know why. Oh, okay. That's a 16. 16. Uh, he says, how's Barthold? That is remarkable. Give me an insight roll. Oh, that's 16. He has never heard of House Berthold in his life, but he uh, looks at you and says, I think that could be a agreeable arrangement between the two of us. I see no issue sharing secondhand chit-chat. Is not chit-chat but a song longing to be sung? I would say that it is best sung as a duet. <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> Quite right. Now, uh, Rump Trio, shall we head out? I think so. We have some more stops on the way. 
Yeah, let's check out the anchor's beard. Onward. You make for the door and Ptolemy sits down. And he picks up his uh, his lyre once more and goes, uh, The answer, my friends, is blowing <laughs> in the wind. The answer is blowing in the And the door slams. <laughs> and you are once more out in the, in the night air. Clay, do you happen to know where this anchor's inn is? Yes, follow me. Oh, excellent. And I lead them. While we walk, can I... Can we just chit chat for like two minutes? I know we got places to be, but I just want to ask a couple questions. Of course, yeah. It takes time to get there. What are you chatting about while you walk? Glimkey, I, I can't help but notice that you seem to be rather fond of books. I think when I hit you with my carriage, you were also reading a book and you mentioned another book and now you've cited like three more books since we've spoken. What's that about? Well, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm not the biggest reader, but my sister is and... She's back home, and she's given me a, a lengthy list of books that uh, I should keep my eye out for. So if you want to help me out, I can show you, but perhaps at a, a, a more opportune time. Sure. I mean, the Birthholtz have rather an extensive library, and I'm happy to steal anything you need. Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yes. I don't think they read, so, you know, they'll hardly notice. Or if they would notice, then I, I could just rip out the pages and leave the spine. I think I could get away with that. Well, if we get over this and we make it through Nova, then perhaps, yeah, I'll take a gander through the books. Of course. You mentioned a sister. Is she your age, older? Younger. Uh, I'm the second youngest, uh, actually, of six siblings, and she is the baby. Oh, wow. Clay, have you any siblings? Oh, no, it's just me and my dad. He's back in my hometown. Yeah, what about you, Miss Fonalyn? Miss Vadok is fine. And <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I have I um Hmm. Yes, I've got some siblings. And are you close? No, and I keep walking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fair fair enough. Yikes. <laughs> And I look at Clay. Do we do we console her? What is the situation? I, I think I hit a nerve. <laughs> Perhaps we let this one. Do we let this one go? But if go. it happens again, one of us has got to say something. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So you continue on for a ways. There's kind of a general uphill slant as you make your way through Erdenin towards the Pearl District. The city, as you I'm sure know, is kind of a bowl surrounded by heavy thick walls that separated from the ocean and you kind of find yourself moving upwards and there is another of these walls there is a several gates that access the pearl district just have to go through the walls to get to it there the gates are open there are guards on duty but they kind of are just making sure nobody tries to you know come in and pillage the city that sort of thing like they're kind of just hanging out they don't really stop you in any way and yeah, you make your way through this thick wall into the Pearl District. There's all these wooden houses, some of them on stilts. There's just a strong smell of ocean water kind of drifting through. It's late, but you can hear the sound of waves kind of crashing in and creaking of docks and tall ships. You look down towards the, the water and you see all these 
double-masted, triple-masted ships lining this entire length, the uh, kind of entire eastern side of the city before you kind of turn off and you follow Clay's directions once more and find yourself standing in front of a two-story stone building. Uh, it has this aggressive lean to it, like it's wants to fall over but hasn't quite made up its mind when. You see hanging above the door is an anchor with a, a rope beard woven onto it. You are at the anchor's beard inn. Okay, this time when we go in there, perhaps we should discuss a, pl- a plan of sorts. I, I mean, we tried the we tried the cleric road thing. That didn't work. And I'm not quite sure how well your intimidation worked the other time, but what did work in the other bar was when we worked together so maybe this time being on the same page will help so and take a look around i think we go in there do a sweeping check of the room use our eyes i would say that's a top priority and then well what did everyone think of the juice at the other place it was delicious i could go for another round of juice I liked that part of the plan where we all just kind of hung out with the bartender and asked pointed questions so i think that could be part of our plan i like that plan Okay. The same as last time. <laughs> so we're using our eyes and then drinking juice. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And we swing open the door. <laughs> yeah, we go in. This door is has sort of the sponginess of a wood that has absorbed far too much water. It's got a little, yeah, a little give to it as you push it open. Inside, you see that this is all of the charm and coziness of the tungsten flask is absent in the Anchor's Beard Inn. You see that the interior, the floor is slanted and there's a bit of water pooling in one corner. You see various sailor types with tattoos of hearts that say mom and anchors and uh, one guy with a bare chest and just a big old ship's wheel sitting around drinking. It's pretty late in the night, but it's still a pretty rowdy crowd. You see in one corner with all the pooling water is a human man who is playing the mandolin. He's not playing very well. Like every kind of fourth note is kind of plunked and sounds bad. In another corner, you see a cloaked figure smoking a long pipe. He's got a hood that covers like most of his face. And you get the sense he's staring at you as you walk in. (laughs) Behind the bar, you see... A tiefling woman, she appears to be quite young. She has just like a, a rich blue skin and these these horns that are kind of curled like that of a ram's. And how buff is she? <laughs> pretty thin, actually. Pretty slender, not a whole lot of muscle definition. Uh, Next. <laughs> <laughs> Behind her is a framed portrait of a, a male tiefling who looks to be older than her. Hang on. Do I recognize the tiefling in the portrait? You do not. Well, there are some similarities to that of a certain humiliation house. They don't appear to be, it does not appear to be any member of house humiliation that you have met up until this point. So it could, it could be a humiliation, but not one that I met or saw a portrait of. It could be. Yeah. It could be either a humiliation that you were unfamiliar with or a different blue tiefling. Okay. And if it is that, you're going to feel like a bit of a racist, I have to imagine. (laughs) Well, I just feel like we're in a ship-themed bar and the humiliation thing is shipping. So Mm. I'm thinking, gang, that we should ask Mm. some questions about the humiliation ships and like whether one of them was leaving the harbor on the night that the princess went missing or something like that. Well, if you're saying this out loud, I would say perhaps we tread a little bit lighter around it because if these are affiliated... Perhaps they won't take too kindly to people yeah. digging around their business. Is the shitty bard Patrick? No. 
You look over, he is human, appears to be maybe around Patrick's age, maybe a couple years older. You see he's got dark hair and does not have the characteristic red hair, orange hair, and freckles that Patrick does. How fresh is his mandolin? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is it brand new? Give me a perception check. This is going to be pretty hard to evaluate the freshness of a mandolin from this distance. Can I also roll? I want to roll. Sure. Oh my god. I want new dice. (laughs) (laughs) I got 11 plus 3. I got a (laughs) 6. Glimkey, you're having a hard time seeing through the crowd. There's kind of, you know, people, all these Mm -hmm. bulky sailors kind of going this way and the next. Clay, you look over and you don't really know anything about instruments. He's holding a mandolin. You know, it's the same kind of instrument that Patrick plays, but you don't know. You know, you know nothing about the mandolin beyond that. Hmm. Okay. I just go, damn, it's not Patrick. Mm. Uh, do I see him anywhere in the pub, like not playing? Looking around, you do not. There's a bunch of sailors in striped shirts with little ascots around their necks. There's the cloaked figure in the corner. There's the bar. There's the bartender. None of them bear any resemblance to Patrick Fast Hands. Oh, by the way, everyone, I should mention, and I'm dropping my voice quite low. The house humiliation was potentially implicated in the attempted murder of myself that happened two nights ago. So let's not mention who I may be. And I'm going to draw my hood. I was going to say, I look at the incredibly, like, brightly, I guess, flamboyantly yeah. dressed character. Yes, that will be very easy to hide. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to point out you're wearing, like, a, like an 18-inch tall wig. So your hood is just, like, a camel's hump. <laughs> yep. Perhaps, my lady, you you find a corner table. I'll go get us some juice. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll come. I'll go with Glinky. This plan is looking spectacular. By the way, I didn't roll perception when we came in the door. If you would like to take a look around, go ahead. What are you looking for? I'm gonna look for any faces that I recognize or any hostile-looking figures. Okay, give me a perception. Sixteen. Okay. I'd say with a sixteen, this seems like a rowdy crowd. You see, quite a few of them have like daggers and. Uh, swords kind of strapped to their hips you see one guy he has a peg arm with a cup holder arm attachment they all look unsavory but none of them care about you none of them are looking at the three of you with any interest beyond oh the door opened okay there's more people here back to back to our merrymaking there is a guy in the corner staring at you okay who's the guy what's he look like he is wearing a hood that covers like his eyes you can't really see him his head is bowed down low he's got a long pipe kind of sticking out you can see a bit of stubble is this aragorn it's strider (laughs) it's strider This is Strider core as hell. <laughs> You're welcome to ask him his name. But uh, yeah, he seems to be like kind of looking in your direction. I would say after like a few seconds, he kind of looks away and uh, kind of mm. takes a flagon of ale and sips at it, but kind of keeps his figure obscured. Wait, I'm heading to a corner to sit anyway, right? Uh, mm. That is what you said. I'm going to head to that corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you do? I'm going to, is there any like table near him? There's a couple nearby. Okay, I'm going to sit at the table next to him, like facing the same way that he's facing. Towards the door? Yep. Okay, so not looking at him. And I'm not going to look at him, but then I'm going to say, um, <clears throat> can I have my associate buy you a drink? Us mysterious folks 
have got to stick together. And I draw my hood a little closer down towards <laughs> my forehead and squash my wig a couple more inches. He says, that might be nice. But did you say you brought an associate, though? Oh, he's really more of, um, I guess, a friend. You see the head, like, walk to, like walking between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wave down Glimkey. Rumpus! Rumpus! I look over. Two juices! Two! Two! Juices! Okay. Thank you. Yes, um, I hit him with my carriage earlier, and we're working through it. He says, I thought you would be coming alone. Um... You know, he doesn't know anything. It's just that he really loves juice and he wouldn't take no for an answer when he and, heard I was going very out. loudly from the bar. You hear Glimke. Yes, uh, I would like your your finest black currant juice if you have any. <laughs> Cutting over to the bar, the tiefling woman looks down at you and says, we don't have no juice here. We serve ale and we serve liquor. Oh, cider, maybe? <laughs> Viltari Sin No More does not serve cider in her bar. Wine? Do you have milk or water? <laughs> I could do a paralyzer. What's that? Coming right up. And she walks away and she comes back with a mug of milk and vodka. Oh. She is mixed together. So she did have milk. She just wouldn't give it to yeah. us. Can you take the, can you just give me the milk? Click, 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 click. Just drink it, just drink it. Uh -huh. <laughs> just drink it. We can't, we shouldn't argue here. Okay, well, I'd like four cups, please. Uh, yeah, she whips up uh, four paralyzers uh, for you and says, that'll be a gold. Fuck. That's the one's on me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you reach up and slide her a gold and she grabs it and she she bites it. You see, she's got like jagged shark teeth that kind of like line her entire mouth. Oh, cool. Before we um we walk away, can I? Is there is there any um orcs here? Yeah, there is. Any sitting? Yeah, alone in groups. You get the sense, kind of looking at this crowd, that most of these people, with the exception of Man and Corner, seem to know each other. Mm. Uh, there's kind of like a general camaraderie you haven't spent much time in Erdini, but you get the sense that they're probably all from a ship that recently docked here and they're kind of enjoying some shore leave okay i i would like to look what look at what they're drinking a group of the orcs a mixture of you know brown ale and who's the biggest uh, one <laughs> uh i'd say there's a full-blooded orc uh kind of standing in a in a in a circle and nice. he's uh kind of telling this raucous story he's He's flexing his arm and there's like a, a ship on his bicep nice. that looks like it's kind of going up and down on some waves every time he flexes. I would like to buy an extra flagon of ale. Sure. She says five copper. Okay, sure. Dang it. And I will... <laughs> Damn, we got fucking ripped. <laughs> it's a real premium on liquor and milk in this place. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, you walk over and you hand him a, a flagon of ale, or you reach. Well, out I, I'm going to be walking by with the, my paralyzer <laughs> and <laughs> my flagon of ale, and uh, I go. I so so sorry to interrupt. Um, has anyone ever told you that you look like Verk the Snapper? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a uh, I don't know, just a charisma check. <laughs> it's only a thirteen. <laughs> A 13. He looks down at you with the meanest, most like 
scowly face. It looks like someone made like a clay face and then smushed it in like every possible way. <laughs> and he looks down at you and says, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> and I, I like smile and laugh. It was like, you know, I've got, I've got an extra, an extra ale here. I think for, for someone that, you know, shows the image of Virk the Snapper, I think you've earned yourself this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, since we're talking, um, you guys all look like friends. You mind? Do you guys know who that man is sitting in the in the corner there? I mean, you guys all look familiar, but I don't think I've seen his face around here before. <laughs> uh, they look over, and he's uh, the, the the orc turns back to you and says, "Now, I have been here long. Just got in yesterday." Haven't really left this place since we got here. Mm. But I will tell you this. He goes by Fletcher, he does. Don't know much else about him, but he's been here for the last three hours or so, kind of just staring at the door. Hmm. Fletcher, you say? That's interesting. Fletcher, yeah, that's what he said, yeah. Hmm. Well, you folks enjoy your night. Um, enjoy your drink. And I, Thanks. I hold my, you my, too. Uh, my tankard out for a nice cl- cheers here. <laughs> Give me a strength saving throw. <laughs> Shit. Oh no. Uh, ten. A ten. You barely manage to hold on as he clinks glasses with you and nearly knocks your paralyzer out of your hand, but you kind of like grab it with both hands and uh, hold on. And you get spun around three times. Then, <laughs> Clay, what are you doing? Uh, I'm keeping one eyeball on Gloomkey talking to a massive orc. <laughs> Yep. But I want to stay and just quickly ask the bartender if they've seen if Patrick had come by to play. Yeah, she. Uh, you bring up Patrick and she says, you know Patrick, do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen him around lately. Has he been by? Yeah, it's kind of the problem, you see. He he comes in yesterday and begs me to put him up, you know, give him, give him a spot. And I agree, because, you know, if there's one thing Veltery Sin No More is, it's charitable and wouldn't you know it he doesn't show up tonight i guess he actually didn't show up last night either he showed up in the afternoon asked for the gig didn't come back you know so uh gave it to that bloke and he's not great this drunk lot doesn't seem to care but you know so you didn't see from patrick since yesterday afternoon either did he seem like he was heading headed off somewhere did he mention uh, I mean, he promised he'd be back around uh, Supernova to start playing for the evening crowd, and he never came. If you see him, tell him he's not welcome back here. We don't, we don't need unreliable sorts. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the drinks, and then I go <laughs> catch up with Gumkey. Sure. The two of you coalesce, and uh, Fonalyn, you are sitting in the corner staring at the door still. I'd say probably a little while later, Clay comes by with a pair of paralyzers. Go, go! I want to uh, talk to the guy. Go. Oh, who are you? Leave me alone! I don't know who you are. Stop harassing me. I know I'm attractive. Thank you for carrying the drinks over. Um. <laughs> this table is taken. You can't sit here. I'm a single woman, and you have no right to speak to me this way just because I'm alone at a bar. Go, go. Okay, I need to bring you these drinks. What? The- <laughs> go. Okay, I'll take the drink. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I grab the drinks. Um, now, get, get. Okay. I sit at another table close by. <laughs> I'd say the two of you, uh, Fondalyn, you don't see this because you are 
pointedly looking away from the man in the corner. The two of you, though, Clay and Glimkey, you see he kind of grimaces as you slide him a drink and he mutters, you draw far too much attention to yourself. Okay, well, they've cooled, they've chilled out now, so I don't even know who that person is. I've never seen her before in my life. That is my associate, but the other one, total stranger. I only brought one friend to the secret meetup. No, anyway, Clay and me um, are both sitting at the same table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're sharing drinks. <laughs> I, I am so sad to have possibly hurt your feelings, but I did what I had to do. Um, <laughs> I slide him the drink and I say, so um, now that you have your whatever the hell this is, Milk, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. Um... Smells like fermented yak milk from the far Ooh. mountains. Oh, yes. Th- yep, that's what I like. And I do my shot. <laughs> it's a full-blown glass. <laughs> <laughs> I chug it. He looks at you, and once again, you don't see this, but the two of you at the other table, you see him kind of grimace slightly, and he says, well... Shall we head upstairs then? Um, hmm. yes, but first let's, I like to draw it out. So let's just chat down here for just like another minute and then we'll go right upstairs and do the upstairs things. All right. I just, you know, he kind of pulls out a pocket watch and looks at it and says, I just, you know, time is rather of the essence for these sorts of things, but all right. <laughs> I'm sure you won't take anywhere near as long as you think you'll take. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so why don't you just remind me, just give me, you know what, you know what, let's do this. Give me the agenda and then we'll go upstairs and set up the conference room and we'll have the full, you know, we'll we'll do it all up there. But give me the agenda down here so I can, um, you know, brace myself going up the stairs. Right. Well, I believe the plan is we meet here at the bar. We have a drink. Then we head up and have 15 to 20 minutes of passionate lovemaking. Perhaps an equally appropriate <laughs> amount of uh, post-coital talk. And then we go our separate ways before our spouses realize we're here. That was the plan, was it not? Um, can, can we hear this at all? Give me a, per, uh, a perception check. 14. Me too, I also got 14. Yeah, the two of you hear every second word, but like in out, out of sync. So you each get half of what he said and kind of are able to piece it together. <clears throat> Passionate love yes. making with our... <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, no, that's definitely still the plan. I just, you know, um, just... You know, I need to be sure that you are who you said you were going to be. So just just give me a quick glimpse of your face. And then once I have your identity ascertained, we can head right on up. Give me a persuasion check. I really can't roll tonight. That's 11. He sits up, uh, kind of stops slouching, puts his pipe down and pulls the cloak back just a bit, revealing a handsome man shoulder length hair nice stubble and a face you've never seen in your life shit okay um wow uh you're better looking than i remembered or imagined whatever applies um the the other thing is i have sort of a fetish um that you you must accommodate otherwise the deal's off you see and the fetish is that uh i must call my lovers by their real first and last name a pseudonym just simply won't do it so um 
could you remind me of the proper pronunciation of your name so that in the throes of my ecstasy, I might heighten the pleasure by speaking out your real actual identity in privacy of our shared chamber, of course? Well, my friends, (laughs) the other rangers of the forest, call me Fletcher, as you know. But my true name, and he kind of looks around and says, my real name is Haros Foxian. Haros Foxian. And, sorry, his friends call him what? Fletcher. Fletcher. Call him Fletcher. I could have told you that. Okay. I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. And um, now... Of course, I am the true king of Erdenine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, I'm getting a lot of... A lot. Okay, wow. Um, You know, that's all very helpful, and I'll be sure to recite that all during yeah, my orgasm. God, if this ends up being true... <laughs> but the other thing that i just want to check real quick is um could you just pronounce my name who you think that i am so that i can correct your pronunciation so that when you're in the throes of your ecstasy you might heighten the pleasure by shouting out my true and full name go on well of course you are lucerina harris you are lucerina are you not oh oh my god not only am i lucerina i've just I've just gotten my period. I can feel it. (laughs) There's blood everywhere. And oh God, yep, the cramps. You know what? I simply don't feel up to it. Um, Give me a deception roll. (laughs) (laughs) What if Bonalyn did get her period? That's fine, but you're also claiming to be this woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, that's a dirty 20. Wait, a dirty 19. He says, well, I believe you are who you say you are. And I will say, that's not really a deal breaker for me, but I understand if it's something you're not comfortable with. Perhaps another time. And he's going to stand up dramatically, grab his pipe, and then cloak like billowing out behind him, make his way out the door. I'm immediately going to like scramble over to Clay and Glimkey and say, I am so sorry for being so nasty just then. You see, I thought that something important was going to go down with that mysterious fellow. And really, he was just trying to have an affair, which is quite exciting for me, but quite irrelevant to the pursuits of this night. I I, I don't even know how to react. I also thought that that was a good lead. That's why I was so nasty because he was all, oh, I thought you weren't bringing any friends. And I was like, oh, I don't have any friends here. But of course I do have at least one friend here. I'm honestly so. glad that you told us to walk away because who would have mm-hmm. known what would have happened? <laughs> should we? Oh, my God. Should we come up with a, with a code word of sorts when one of us is being sneaky and doesn't want to be interrupted? And then they can just say that word and then the other one will know exactly you know what that means. Yeah, I Yes. We're do- yeah. we're coming up with a lot of processes here. <laughs> That's teamwork for you. <laughs> yes, processes make the make the prophecies come true. Prophecies maketh men. <laughs> uh, yes, we said that quite right. <laughs> Should we say the word prophecy? When we want the other person to go the hell away. Sure. Just work it organically into a sentence. I see no reason why that shouldn't be very possible in almost any situation. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because you could get you could get away with just doing <gasps> the prophecy, and people would be okay with it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Okay. Now, what did you learn? I learned that his name was Fletcher. Ooh, I mean, I meant you know while you were away from me, but we could talk about Fletcher. There's a lot to say. No, that's what I learned while I was away from you. We 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 were rounding the same train. <laughs> oh my god! Can I do a retroactive insight check on Fletcher to see if he was like way smarter than me and just playing along? Uh, sure. Give me a uh, give me an insight roll. Oh my god. Okay. Because in hindsight. He could be the true king. (laughs) That's a 15. A 15. With a 15, you don't know if he's the true king of Eridanine or not. That is fully up for debate. Uh, But you do think that guy was just here to get laid. Okay, perfect. Good. Great. Awesome. I learned that Patrick uh, was supposed to play here last night and tonight, and he didn't show up. Wait. Hold on a minute. I'd like to go back to my friend, Virk the Snapper. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He says, hey, little boy, how you doing? And he kind of tussles your hair. He says, you got leaves your hair. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, you noticed. You know what I I found? Yeah, because it's like I touched your head and there's like sticks and little branches and leaves that are crunchy in my fingers. Yeah, careful with that. I don't want to break any of them off. You see, um, I'm a man of the sea, so I don't see many trees or leaves or grass. But you kind of have it. Oh. Would you come with me on my ship? And we could sail um, the Elseween Ocean forever, and I would never have to say goodbye to sweet green trees. Well, you know, I actually spent quite some time on a ship, and uh, I'm, you know, just getting used to my my land legs again. Uh, so maybe next time. But I did have a question for you. Oh, actually, I actually got a little bit of gossip too. You know that oh. guy Fletcher in the corner? Yeah, that could be a pervert. Oh, I knew it. No man yeah. sips there drinking yak's milk and smoking a pipe if he's not a bit of a pervert. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I thought he was like, I thought he was gonna be cooler. Now I kind of wish that we didn't interact with him at all. <laughs> Ain't that the nature of beasts? But quick question for you. You've been here for how long? You've A few days. So you would have got in just like, I don't know, a few nights ago? Yeah, a couple nights ago. When you were, you know, locking up at the docks. Yeah. Did you see anything suspicious down there? Yeah. Yeah. It was a rat, but I think it was a man. Like. A rat man? Are you talking about druid craft? I don't know nothing about stinking druids. I just know that he was a rat, and then he was a man. I look back at my, my group. This guy's gonna know some stuff. <laughs> you saw him. Okay, so you saw you saw a man. Sorry, a rat become a man. And that's all you saw? That that was weird? Nothing else stood out to you um, at the docks? Yeah, that's about right. Interesting. He was eating a piece of bread. As a rat or as a man? Well, both. Which is kind of what made me sure he was a rat who became a man. Because, you know, there was this rat dragging a big old baguette down the alleyway. And then and then it was a man eating the baguette. You know, I thought, that's odd. A rat and a man with a baguette? Huh. What are the odds? Yeah, interesting. And this was um, at, uh, where, where did you guys lock up? Uh, any uh, Any recognizable shipping crew crews down there that you guys working beside 
Uh, with a 16, he knows what recognizable means. <laughs> and he says, no, just a rat. Huh. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know. Now, that that's very, uh, that's very peculiar. You into music at all? Eh, I rock a good sea shanty. Or yeah. a lullaby from my mom. Either way, yeah, really. I, you're probably a fan of the song about Virk the Snapper then. And I shout out to the bard, Bard! Virk <laughs> <Burke> the Snapper! <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, okay. And actually plays a pretty good rendition. Hey, yes. And I start walking away. I <laughs> uh, guess there once was a man named Virk the Snapper. He had lots of fish. And his favorite was Red Snapper. <laughs> if he was a this musician, he'd be a rapper. And that's the story of Earth the Snapper. It's a good story. And then the that orphan says, sound right. there's more to the story. He's like, right. Uh, Vert the Snapper tore 50 men in half, <laughs> bent them over into two pieces, and then had a good laugh. Vert the Snapper was quite a monstrous figure, but we sing his song anyway. <laughs> Third verse! <laughs> Tiring them in two wasn't good enough for Vert. He wanted to eat them and make their eyes splurt. Uh, he starts like gaggling as he's singing. He says, I really don't think this guy should be remembered in song. He's kind of a monster. And the orcs and half-orcs in the crowd start to boo. And he says, but that's cool and good and we like him that way. So we sing his song to this day. Bling! Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. And then, and then your friend says, "Now play the other seventeen verses." And he says, oh, <laughs> "Okay." And then carries on describing the many war crimes and atrocities Vert the Snapper uh, subjected <laughs> upon various societies. They say it's an action tale, but I'd rather think of it as rather a romance. Yeah, I wonder. Perhaps there is a book somewhere of Vert the Snapper. Ah, huh. yeah. Well, no one here knows how to read it. I think the twelfth verse is the best one. <laughs> oh, go on and sing that verse for us. I can't remember how it goes. Oh no! <laughs> well, no, you can wait till the bard gets to that one. <laughs> uh, the your orc friend uh, cuts in and goes. Now he was a guy who burned down all the towns and all the little people, they'd cry and they'd frown. But Vert would just laugh as he snapped them down. Vert the snapper's my hero. Dling. But he's not carrying an instrument. He just goes dling. <laughs> Oh, lovely. You, you have a charming voice, my friend. Now, um, sorry, I couldn't quite hear you, but I think you were saying something about the names of the ships that were leaving the port on the night that you saw the Ratman, which is the thing that I overheard you say to my friend Glimki. I think he said no, but... Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Never about mind. it. I, I really just saw the Ratman and then kind of came here and I've been drinking ever since. What did okay. the man and the rat look like? Like what kind of... Well, he looked like, like a rat, you see. Rats are these little creatures and they've got long tails and they kind of mm -hmm. scurry around. <laughs> and a man is kind of like me, but uglier. He's, you know, walks on two feet. What walks on two feet in the day and four feet in the evening? It's a rat, man. <laughs> it's a rat, man. <laughs> well, what was he wearing? What was he wearing? I don't know. He was wearing rat man clothes. You're asking a lot of questions. What are you? Cops? What? No. No, no. Just... no. us? No. Um, psh, psh, there's no. a sudden hush to the crowd. Uh, you hear the, the 19th verse of the song, uh, and then the crowd goes, cops, cops, cops. Yeah, Fletcher was a narc. We should go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> As the bard uh, kind of plucks at a string, and there's a record scratch sound, and then your friend, the orc, says, 
Fletcher's a knock. All right, boys, let's get him. And the whole bar vacates as about 20 sailors make their way into the uh, the evening in search of Fletcher the Narc. No! <laughs> oh, no, we've done a bad thing. No, 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 no. He was trying to do a bad thing. <laughs> Glimke is proudly monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like vert the snapper fine cheaters death <laughs> and you hear yeah the, the 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 bard picks up the 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 mandolin for the 20th verse and says so that's the story of vert the snapper he's a good guy and we sing his praises this song really fell apart by the end of it all and that's the story of vertling and he looks around and there's like no one in the bar and he says well there goes my tip and starts to uh, pack up his mandolin. He puts it into this this case and uh, starts latching it up. Um, where did you get your mandolin from, friend? No one asked him that yet, right? No one's talked to him, actually. Oh, um, <laughs> hello, friend. That was an adequate rendition of a tolerable song. Uh, where did you get that shiny mandolin? Uh, I bought it. From? What's it to you? Uh, no, it's just beautiful craftsmanship, and I'd like to acquire something something like it for myself. You see, I have very much gold. Not on me, like in a robbable way, but at a different place. It was from my dad. Who's your dad? What's it to you? What's it to you to what's it to me? I'm asking you a perfectly normal question. I'm just making conversation. So who's your dad? He's my dad. That's all. Okay, he doesn't have a name? Sure. Okay, and what's the name? He kind of looks you up and down and says, Grigor. Grigor. Mm. <laughs> okay, bye! <laughs> See, that guy's dad's name is Grigor, and that doesn't mean anything to us, right? I thought there might be kind of an in with his mandolin, like maybe he would know someone who knew someone who knows. Nah, that it was Sahar? Sahar or something. Oh, yes, okay. Um, I'm going to so, walk up Sahir back to the bard and say, Sahir? do you know Sahir? Um, I wrote down the last name. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Sahir Charms at oh. Musical Madness. <laughs> That's not the guy's name. <laughs> neither his name nor the name of his store. Sahir Charms. Sahir something? Sahir Charms. I wrote Shroom. I don't know if that's Sahir something. Did you say Charms? Sahir I believe you were told that his name is Sahir Harun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but his said. store is Curse. called Sahir's Shams and Musical Mechanisms. A sham being a type of woodwind instrument. Uh, okay. Musical mechs. Okay. So Shams was a thing. I was right in a in a way. <laughs> <laughs> sure, from a certain point of view. Okay, so Sahir Shams Musical Methods. Do you know that guy? Mechanisms. Nope, can't say that I do. This guy's a phony. Yeah, this guy sucks. Let's go. I Let hate this guy. see that thing. We should kick this guy's ass. He Let me see that thing. Kind of holds the case tight to him and says, no, that's okay. This is my mandolin and I don't need you messing with the tuning. Insight. I want to know if this guy's, where this guy full of shit. <laughs> yeah, give me a insight roll. I got a insight. Oh, plus nothing. 16. 16. You've known some instrument or uh, some musicians rather in dwells like you know pretty much everybody plays something whether it's a lyre or a mandolin or a, a, a band whistle or a toot sniffle or a wash bin with a single pole and a string coming out of it mm -hmm. uh, you know all kinds of instruments make up the 
orchestra that is dwells and you've known some musicians to be rather cagey and protective about their instruments this seems to be going a little beyond that mm-hmm where did you said where did you say you got this again i bought it with my own money wait he just said that his dad gave it to him this guy have you have Um, you seen patrick (laughs) he was supposed to play here tonight and i was expecting to see him oh my god this guy killed patrick (laughs) i didn't kill anybody i i didn't i didn't kill anybody i did not kill anybody this is my mandolin and i i bought it from my father gregor gregor stallworth you lie, and, and and you know what? As long as you're telling the truth about one thing and you didn't kill him, that's fine. But what you should do from this point forward is at least tell the truth of where you sourced that mandolin. Give me a persuasion roll. Can I help? Sure. Persuasion roll with advantage. Aye. Nice, good, because I was very low. Uh, 15 plus persuasion for 19. He kind of deflates a bit says okay yeah i wasn't lying i didn't kill anybody um i found this a couple days ago in an alley it was just lying there and perfect mandolin um i don't know it's, uh... does it look like patrick's old mandolin before he bought a new i would say you look at it patrick had a pretty beat up old mandolin this one looks pretty pristine like the case at least i mean and from the glimpses you mm-hmm. saw it looked pretty pretty new okay so it's not the same one well, it looks like, yeah, the one that he would have just bought, right? Something bad has happened to Patrick. And, and whereabouts where, did you find this? Yeah, where? A uh, few blocks from here. Not not far. Um, would you be able to take us there? If I take you, can I keep the mandolin? No. <laughs> I say yes. I don't know. Should we do a vote? D- I, but, Clay, hey, what do you the think? Chance, what if Patrick's alive? He would Pat- like his mandolin Pat- that he's earned. Yeah. This This man's... I mean, didn't necessarily steal it, but it doesn't belong to him. Oh, I really think Patrick's dead. That's on me. <laughs> That's, well, okay. No. Um, <laughs> um, a sidebar, and I grab <laughs> Lady Vanark and move her to the side. That's her friend. <laughs> oh, yes. Clay, my condolences. <laughs> no. <laughs> I put my hand on the bar's shoulder. I'm like, show us where you found the mandolin. Yeah. Okay, um, sure thing. And he takes you outside. You see that as you're walking through the streets, you hear the sound of, we'll say, squelchy impacts. And you round a corner and you see Fletcher is tied to the mast of a ship and 20 sailors are pelting him with tomatoes and potatoes. Keep walking, keep walking. Keep and walking. other yeah. root vegetables. Uh, and he says, I was just trying to have an affair. Is that so wrong? I don't love my wife anymore. And I don't think she loves me. And we haven't talked about it, but I don't think this is so wrong. Uh, and they continue to pelt him, uh, shouting, Nark, 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 Nark. Um... And perv, perv. <laughs> yes. like the chant gets picked up and they're like, perv, narc, perv, narc. <laughs> and this bard takes you away from that horrendous scene <laughs> to a nearby alleyway. Uh, this is this is where I found it. And it just, yeah, you look around. It is a kind of a back alley, cobblestone streets. You know, there's kind of obviously buildings on either side. A bit of trash, but not too, not too messy. Completely would like to, you know, now that he's gotten here, take a little bit of a look around. Um, Likewise. See if there's any other signs. And maybe ask Clay, is there anything else that, you know, that 
that Petrick may have had that might stand out that we could look for. Do I know? I also want to look around just to see if there's anything that looks like Patrick's or suspicious. Anyone who wants can make an investigation check. As far as personal effects go, um, you know, Patrick Fasthands, he's not a cartoon character. He didn't have a single outfit. He did have a green cloak that he was fond of, but, you know, you don't see a green cloak uh, nearby. What did I hear for investigation rules? Eight. You got a 13. I got a six, so pretty low. Clay, you look around and you do not see a green cloak. What you do see is a dark stain on one of the cobblestones. Like blood? Like blood. Shit. <laughs> I want to elbow Glimkey and go like, you see? Oh, but there's no body. Or... Is, there, is there like a trail of blood or is it just one spot? It takes you a few minutes. Um, you look around, you kind of go up and down the alley. You get the sense. It looks like a lot of it's been wiped away. You see that there's, like, some of the blood ends in, like, streaks, you know? Like, there's multiple spots you see now as you're, like, looking around this alleyway. Like someone was dragged? Possibly. And you kind of see that, yeah, if there is a trail, it would lead further uh, into this alleyway. Okay, I'm going to look back at this this man's. He is deathly white. Like, just his, all the blood is drained from his face. And he's like, I, 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 I don't, I don't want this. I, and he kind of shoves it into your arms uh glimkey says here uh you you have it give it a good home and he is going to try and run away i grab the back of his collar when he's running okay give me an athletic check as you try and grab him Ooh, i got an 18 18 you grab him yeah by the back of his back of his cloak nice uh does the the blood's like dried right like a day old it looks, it seems to be yeah, mostly mostly dried by now. I asked the bard, like, when you found the mandolin here, what else was here? Like, was there anything else here? Um, no, that was that was everything. I just I saw saw this and thought, hey, what a what a great what a great thing to find. Uh, you know, uh, a lucky day. You know, I, I was kind of in the market for a new instrument myself and one comes upon my path and I, I i didn't i i didn't hurt anybody i promise i just i just i just found the instrument that's that's all i did please please let me go see can I, yeah i want to insight again is just he, on is he how, telling the truth yeah what he's yeah uh both of you make inside rolls well, oh, not geez. 20 wow, hey. Nice, that's good. That makes up for my four. <laughs> I rolled a two. I got 23. So. Nice. You look at this guy, and he seems completely genuine. He seems extremely freaked out by what you have found here, and it seems like he's being completely honest. He saw a mandolin, or you know, he saw an instrument case in an alleyway. Sure, it probably belonged to somebody, but he seems very freaked out that something violent seems to have happened here okay should we let I... him keep the liar because you know no one else is using it no i take nope. the, i nope. take the mandolin <laughs> <laughs> i take it and i'm like okay go and then i like push him away i guess let go of him yeah he uh he just runs off into the night okay i i strapped the instrument case 
to my back, I guess, next mm-hmm. to my maze. <laughs> yeah, you throw it over your shoulder. There's a, a strap. and Can I, is there like a trail of blood to follow? Like yeah, drag marks? Yeah, leading uh, further into the alleyway, there appears to be a bit of a trail. It seems like it was maybe cleaned up for the most part, but you see like occasionally like a little smudge here and there. It takes you a little while, but you kind of do pick up that there is a trail. I I follow it. Okay. You follow the trail for a few minutes through this winding network of back alleys. Uh, occasionally there's like a split and you take a few seconds and you're able to see a few more drops here or there that lead you in a certain direction. And eventually the trail ends at a stack of crates. You're in a you know warehouse, sort of shipping district. The alleys, a lot of them have been lined with barrels and crates and what have you. But yeah, this trail seems to end at a stack of crates. Uh... Uh, are they open? Can I see anything about the crates? Are they labeled? You look around. On them, there is an insignia of a double-masted ship. <gasps> it's humiliation. You kind of check the crates. They all appear to be sealed, uh, nailed shut. But as you're kind of pouring over them, you happen to look behind the stack. And as you're peering over, you come face-to-face with the bloody remains ah, of Patrick Fasthands. No. You see that his ginger hair that kind of was his trademark symbol is soaked with blood and there is a large hole in the top of his head <gasps> as if oh. something was just like punched through and you can just see like oh. bits of brain and he is thoroughly dead. Okay, Omni-Man. Gross. Oh, no. Oh. Well, Glinty. Can I do... Can I do a medicine check? (laughs) I can fix him. (laughs) Patrick! (laughs) What are you trying to accomplish with this medicine check? Um, just anything like... Put the brains back. Yeah. Sure. Give me a medicine check. Clay's like still... Oh, I got a 19. Plus five. Yeah, you start to like pour, like, you know, peer down at his body. It's gross, but you kind of will yourself to take the time to examine it thoroughly, you can see down into his neck. uh, Whatever (gasps) killed him was... No! Had a lot of weight behind it. It was something you think piercing, a piercing weapon probably, um, and something very strong and heavy. From the top of like a spear? Glimkey throws up. Yeah. It's it's bigger than any sphere. I'd say the the hole is almost the entire size of his head, like a good four, five inches across. Oh. Yeah, Glinky okay. throws up. Clay also throws up. Yeah. <laughs> Away from the body. Fonalyn wasn't going to throw up, but you two throwing up makes her throw up. <laughs> We're just in a little triangle. We're <laughs> <laughs> just retching. <laughs> Is this a horror podcast? What is this? Yeah, that took a turn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. Um, I hate to say this, Clay, but I rather think we should go find your friend Una and the other one whose names I can't remember because um, Una did say she was being followed and... Yeah. Okay, wait. Is there any, like, cloth or stuff around the crates that I can toss over Patrick's body? He's wearing his green cloak. I wrap him in his cloak. Is there anything else nearby that looks suspicious, or was his body just dumped here? Uh, give me an investigation check. Thirteen. Looking around, it appears like just his body is stuffed here. Doesn't appear 
like much care was given to it. Seems like he was kind of just dragged here and dumped. And yeah, there's no no telltale signs of who or what did this. Should we bring him back to your friend? Or does he have a family we could bring his um, remains oh, to? I, I, I was thinking perhaps what we could do is we could maybe leave a note to the guard with his whereabouts. Oh. I mean, if if we were to find him and, and bring them, I, I, I fear that perhaps we might be implicated in some way. Quite right. I'm, I'm sorry, okay. Clay. Here, how about this? Um, I Do I have paper on me? I can't imagine why you would. Okay. Um, I've got, <laughs> I got some a... shit, yeah. Thank you. Yes. That's quite generous of you. Yeah, rip off some... Okay. some I think I have paper, too. I have my sketches of Albert. Okay, everybody <laughs> has paper except me, I guess. Glimkey, uh, you are down one more page in your notebook. I know we're tracking that very carefully. So uh, <laughs> one uh, page out of 800 uh, is gone now. <laughs> okay. so, Good to uh, know. Please, please keep close track of that. I will. I can just steal more if you run out. <laughs> I'm going to make a tally. <laughs> <laughs> Entire character sheet is just hatch marks. Um, I want to write. Um, my name is. What was his full name again? Stan. Patrick. Patrick. Yes. <laughs> Patrick. What? Fast. I don't know his. Patrick Fast Hands. Oh, Patrick Fast Hands. You're so right. My I name don't is think Patrick you should Fast put Fast Hands. Okay, I cross out Fast Hands. That's a good <laughs> note. Uh, my name is Patrick. Underline Patrick. I live at, where does he live? I don't know where he lives. Okay, what's the address of the place we were at before? I'm not giving the address of the hideout. Oh my god. See, I'm really trying to do a nice thing. I think that if they were to find the body anyway, the note doesn't really do that much yeah, of a difference. Yeah, I think I, I just was... want to like make him like, you know, kind of make him as peaceful and like cover him with the cloth. It's a good, it's a nice gesture. Yeah, it's a nice okay. gesture. I just yeah. dropped a note on him. And then <laughs> says, my name is Patrick, crossed out fast hands. I live just, in, crossed out. This is just Patrick. My name is oh Patrick. no. No, this is Patrick. And to be clear, you're putting the note on him, not in a visible spot? Like, I want to put it on him, yeah. I made a note saying Glimkey wants to write a note to deliver to a guard or at some point, but not immediately. But That's a better idea. Yeah, just let someone know. I don't want to, like, bring him his body yeah. anywhere. I, so. I feel like whoever finds his body having his name would help them find his family. So yeah, yeah. it says I, I am Patrick yeah. on it now. We're good. I'm Patrick. <laughs> not Fast Hands. And so now they know his name is Patrick. So that's fine. Jeez. Well... Uh... What the heck do we do now? I guess we go back to the other ones and get the information we were promised. Yeah, I think we need to find Una and... This went from a kidnapping to a murder. And and if if we're not careful, or it, if your friends aren't careful, there may be some more. It It's seeming to me like perhaps these these people who may have hired you are trying to tie up some loose ends. I think that's why we need to go back to... Let them know what happened to Patrick and get that yeah. information. Agreed. And how much time do we have till Nova? It's probably nearing 3 a.m. It's getting pretty late. Okay. 
You've been out for quite some while. There's time to go back though, right? You just head yeah, we straight should, back. We should go back then. Are you rushing? Or are you just like kind of making like I mean, a brisk pace? There's, there's no reason for us to hide at all at this point, right? You're, yeah. Some of you are residents of the city. There's nothing, you know, you're not prohibited from walking the streets at night. Guess we just head back. But also like Clay is like on edge like she's mm-hmm. looking out for for if anyone's following her the same way give me a perception roll i got a seven seven mm-hmm. Woof. perhaps if you were less agitated you would have seen a little rat scurry into <gasps> an alleyway oh no and then kind of a second later a man with some like gleaming yellow eyes would walk out of the same alley but you don't see that you instead Hurry through the streets of Erdenine back to the Copper District. The ground beneath you goes from smooth cobblestone to thick dirt. That and there's the clouds kind of start to roll in overhead, and a bit of drizzle starts to pour. The ground starts to turn to mud beneath you, and you navigate the familiar streets of the Copper District back to the hideout. And you can immediately tell that something has changed. The door with this peeling paint has been knocked off its hinges just completely caved in. No! Shit. I, when I see that the door is open, I, like, run. No, Clay, wait. I'm like, no. <laughs> I go, I go in. Clay, you rush in, and inside is just a scene of absolute carnage. You feel a dripping, and you look up, and you see a pair of legs sticking out of the ceiling. And a second later, they kind of topple down. They kind of break free of the uh, of the rafters. And you see that there is no body attached to these legs. You look across and you see kind of just smashed into the wall with the liquor cabinets is the upper torso of Riggs. He's been torn in half. Pieces of just like viscera and guts hanging out of him. <laughs> you look around and you see that next to the bar is a trap door. And you see Una is kind of reaching towards it. In one hand is a glass orb, a thing she often used to channel her magic. She's kind of lying on her back and you see that there's just a gaping hole in her chest and you can barely see a little bit of movement (gasps) as she breathes one of her last breaths. Can I quickly go up and cast healing yeah, 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 or yeah, like yeah, stabilize yeah, yeah. her quick I, I also have some healing if I, I if I can run in you run up Glimkey you lay on hands Clay you cast cure wounds mm-hmm. and you watch as the magic tries to take hold and it tries to weave the skin and the broken bones back together and it just it's like trying to build a bridge across a gap without enough support there's just not enough of her left to bring her back and she looks up at you eyes wide open and she kind of coughs up a bit of blood and says he knows about you and for the first time since you've known her una blinks and her eyes don't open again no and that is where we will end tonight's session ah, oh my god god damn it Hey, Miss 
the tambourine man play a song for me I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to Hey Mr. Tambourine Man play a song for me In the jingle jangle morning I'll come following you Oof Ouch That hurt <laughs> Just kidding. It's me, your Dungeon Master, Zach Meikle. Not your Dungeon Master, the Dungeon Master for this group, Bard Soup. Thanks so much for listening to episode 3. As always, my name is Zach Meikle. I am the Dungeon Master and editor for this group. I am joined by Prima Jow as Clay Campbell, Shannon Meikle as Fondalin Vaydark, and Jordan Johnson as Glimkey Treefellow. New episodes are going to drop every two weeks. I know I said every one week in the past, and some people got mad at me. Only every two weeks. Whoops, my bad. But in the meantime, thank you so much to everyone who's left a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. We're going to try and keep this thing going for as long as we can and keep telling this story. In the meantime, you can find us at bard underscore soup on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I want to extend a very special thank you to Aliyah Kajan for letting us use his cover of Mr. Tambourine Man this episode. If you want to check out more of his music, you can find him on YouTube. We have included a link in the description, so check that out and give him a follow. In the meantime, we'll see you in two weeks. And until then, watch where you're, watch where you're walking. Bye-bye. I'm ready to go anywhere. I'm ready for to fade into my own parade. Cast your dancing spell my way. I promise to go.